Welcome to the Gospel of Cocktail podcast. Now here's your host, Kayla Ellis. Okay, welcome everybody to the Gospel of Cocktail podcast. I have something really fun going on at the moment. I'm sitting here with Brandon Still. I haven't had uh, him next to me in a little while here in the, the studio. It's fun to be here. It's so cool. I'm literally sitting in the captain's chair, so this is a little messed up. I'm not going to lie. Well, I was going to ask you because <laughs> me not sitting in that chair, I've never not sat in that chair. <laughs> yeah. And then you're the only person that sat in that chair. You've, you've sat in both. You've sat on both sides of yeah. the room. It's been, a, it's been interesting to kind of see the dynamics of uh, going from uh, somebody who was in, in, invited to speak with you, and now I'm inviting others to come speak with me. It's been really cool. Has it been interesting being on the other, like being the interviewer, interviewer and planning and kind of getting ready for it? Like, yeah. Because I can tell, like when I when I go through and edit them and we put them together, I'm like so impressed. I listen to these things and I go, if I had a vision for what I thought this was gonna be like, mm -hmm. it's exactly what you're doing. Yay. Like it's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> like your level of professionalism with what you're doing and how you're doing it. You represent the craft of bartending as a profession. And I love that. And your, and your, your goal is to like tell people about it and yeah. bring awareness to like what's really going on. Yeah. And it's been really special. I, I was in Florida. I was in Florida just like editing this episode and I was just sitting there just grinning middle <laughs> of the day. And I'm like live texting you going, this is fantastic. That like, makes it's me so, so happy. good. It really does. It makes me so happy. Cause I I've uh, talked about it a little bit here and there with some friends of just like, this is joyful. This brings me a lot of joy to hear bartenders talk and share honestly what they're experiencing without, you know, we, we haven't really geared the show, the show towards, um, guests in general, we've geared it more towards people in the industry, yeah. but it doesn't hurt. Nothing we're saying is we love our guests. You know, our guests help us keep the bills paid. So we're not saying anything that we don't feel confident that, um, would like be bad for guests to hear. We don't feel like we're saying anything in that, that line of thought. But there's always stuff the guests need. This is a behind-the-scenes look. Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. what they need to know, like, what's yeah. really going on. This is – there's no real way, I mean, that we can let people know, like, hey, yeah. don't, do, don't do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, stop doing that. It's yeah, you really can't obnoxious. Do that. You can't do that at a table. You can't. The, no. There's no moment for that. Um, but, I mean, we, we have had – it's been really cool. It's just been really cool hearing – you know, we're getting ready to hear from Jennifer Arnold in this episode. Yeah. She is incredible, such an awesome bartender, and she felt inspired to talk about mental health. So that's kind of woven throughout the episode, and it's and it's so fun to laugh and yet talk about mental health. Like, such a serious subject, but sit there and just be like, we're surviving, we're here, we're making it. Everybody in this world right now has gone through a hard time the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, so it's fun to, like... Like, just be honest. This is what we're seeing. This is what we're doing. And we're still making it. Man, I love it. I, I, I haven't listened to this one yet. I'm going to. Right <laughs> now, we're doing this. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. It means so much to me. And hopefully, the people out there listening to this are just like, wow, that's really cool. Maybe, I hope so. I'm yeah. hoping we can do some more after the six. I think so. I think we've got uh, at least one uh, geared up, maybe. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, I, I think it'd be really fun. Y'all just pray that um, I don't get drowned in work. <laughs> That's that uh, southern side of me that's just like, y'all just look out for me. I have I have spurts. Like, I have times where we'll do, like, four interviews in a day. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of imagining. Which is 
like the most draining thing you'll <laughs> ever do. I don't know how like therapists like, uh, sit and do imagine. many hours because, you know, when we do these interviews in this room, there's something, I, hopefully I have somebody I can share this with now. Yeah. Like when you're done with an interview, like it's not like a casual conversation you have with somebody. Like you're in a quiet room, mm-hmm. you have headphones on, you can't, every once in a while an ambulance will go by or something like for all intents and purposes, like you are so locked in yeah. on this conversation. And when you're done, it's like, Ooh. oh man, I, <laughs> uh, that was, they're, they're intense. Are they emotional to you? Cause I get like it's emotional. Very, like, cause it's, um, it's the moment when you're with a guest. So if, if for bartenders out there who are listening to this part, when you have a guest that requires a lot of your attention and they're wonderful, delightful, it's not like they're being, um, obtuse or, or, uh, ridiculous. They just have a lot of things that they're bringing up and you enjoy the conversation. So you're connecting with your guest. You know that there's a a huge payoff of this relationship you're building. And at the end of a shift, you've done that maybe 10 times. Um, And so you just feel like there's a moment where you go home as a bartender and you just shut down in front of a TV or whatever it is. Some people crack open a beer or something. I personally just, I can't even finish a drink. Yeah. Like people are like, what drinks do you make for yourself at home? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I just go home and crash. We talked about this today. It was chefs when they get off work, like, well, they eat cereal. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm so wound up too that I can't sleep. But I'm also so drained because that was so much empathy and connection. And there's so much adrenaline in those moments. And so I can kind of see like in this podcast room, you are pouring everything you can into this conversation and you're very focused on how it comes out. So yeah, I can see if you were doing a handful of those back to back, it'd be like those interactions at the bar top. It's a, it's, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world because you just feel so connected. I love that. For so many times. We had yeah. three interviews today and it was like, oh man. And but I love every single moment yeah. of all of them. But um no, this has been pretty special. We I, this is a good segue. I want to talk about our um, we're doing a contest. We're doing it is a bracket challenge. This is exciting. Yes, it's Mexican restaurants in Middle Tennessee. Okay. And the idea behind this was well, let's just do something fun. Yeah. Let's do something fun that people can engage in. Mm-hmm. If the restaurants want to get involved and share it and like you know tell people, Hey, go vote for us. It'd be really, really cool. Like this is something that we hope that people that it brings attention to the one thing that, you know, doing this, putting this together, finding 64 Mexican restaurants. Yeah. We asked a lot of people, a lot of (laughs) questions and a lot of recommendations because, you know, we're not in all these communities all the time. And so Hendersonville and Dixon and Ashland city and Murfreesboro. Yeah. Like I'm not there that often. So I don't know like the neighborhood restaurants, but we had a lot of input given to us. And then how do you seed them and how do you, you know what, all this stuff is new to me and it's so, um, it's so fun. There's so many great matchups. I wanted to go over a few of them with you. Please tell me about them. So, cause I love Mexican food. First of all, first of all, second of all, third of all, I'm from Arizona. I love, uh, South America. I've gotten to go a handful of times. I live in next to Mexico. I am close to fluent in Spanish. Like I'm telling you, I love Mexican food. So the fact that you are doing this, I'm like, yeah, bring up these Mexican restaurants. Let's find out like who the people we know about the ones that everybody knows about, but you may not know about a handful of these. That's right. When I, there was a bunch, I was like, I can't wait to go try. And I can't wait to see who kicks it in gear. Yeah. Just because I want to see what the people think. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of these I don't even know. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, just go, let's go down the list. And I want to I want to give a big shout out to NetChecks. 
Uh, NetChex is our partner in this. Okay. They have sponsored the show. They want to support. They're, they're really restaurant focused and they're okay. doing some amazing things. HR, payroll, uh, scheduling. They have this whole suite of things that just kind of do everything for you. It's wow. really good technology. And Lauren and Anna have been so amazing. They said, we would love to get people engaged. It's been fun. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll provide the prizes it's you called know, NetChecks? NetChecks. Wow, okay. N-E-T-C-H-E-X, netchecks.com. Okay. And uh, Lauren is kind of their restaurant special. She's awesome. But we're like, let's do something. Let's let's find something. The final four, we'll, do a f- all, we'll interview all four of the restaurants on the show going into the final week. I love that. And then we'll have the championship match. And at the, at the final one, September 16th is Mexico's Independence Day. Okay. So it's also my anniversary. Oh, so that's I know so that. So we went to Mexico for our anniversary. I was oh. like, damn, they are throwing a party for us. This is awesome. <laughs> and uh, it's all no, about us. <laughs> that's their fourth of July. Hell yeah. So we wanted to do something. We wanted to to promote and build up these Mexican restaurants going into Mexico's Independence Day and bring awareness to the fact that September 16th, Mexico's Independence Day. Let's have another day where everybody goes out and drinks tequila and, yeah. and has a who doesn't like to party that way? The, I mean, come on. I can't tell you a single name. So big <laughs> thanks to NetChecks, but that's the idea. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna NetChecks is gonna bring in mariachi bands. Okay. We're gonna record live, do a live remote from the place. So I I love, I love to meet this. you guys. We're gonna do all kinds of specials. NetChecks is gonna take care of the winner for a little bit. They're gonna give them a suite of their their product and amazing. So there's some really neat prizes for the oh, winner too. Besides that. just the recognition, I may I may or may not have a plaque or trophy. Hell yeah! Uh, you gotta have a trophy. You have to. And this would be the first I think of many of these. I mean, this would be so much fun. Let's just yeah systematically once everybody knows where to go for the these these brackets yeah let's systematically just figure out the real best of nashville yeah yeah not who's paying the most yeah for no, each nobody's yeah. paying anything yeah. for any of this this is all for fun like there's now there's a couple of, when you vote it has a youtube video link i went through i went through and I entered every one of these and then i found every single one of their web pages and attached the web page if you click the info on any one of the restaurants oh, cool. in the voting tab you can go to their website okay. and see where they are, who they are. If you want to learn more about them, if you don't know what they are, just click the info button and it will go directly to their website and you can learn about them, follow them, whatever you want to do. That's awesome. I think you get two votes because I voted. And now that I know this information, I'm going to go back through and click on the ones that I'm not too familiar with so that you I can vote that. a second time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't think you have to vote for everyone. Yeah, it let so me skip you, some. If yeah, you don't know. You know, hey, I don't know either of these restaurants. Yeah. Then just don't vote for that one. Yeah. Because let's let the people who know. Exactly. I really want to find out, like, where people love what they love. And I want to find out, when you get to that final four, I'm excited to go in and do, like, a deep dive and learn the people yeah. who work there. And I want to tell their stories. And there's a lot of fun things I want to do around this. It's not just a competition. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of intention. And, uh, again, just super excited net checks. It's, I think, making a, a fairly stretched out community that much tighter. Yes. Yeah. All right. So here we go. I'm not going to tell you. There's already a bunch of votes in, by the way. Um, round one, Casa Viejo versus Chago Smyrna. You don't have to tell yours. I'm, I'm not just, going I'm just to. Gonna I don't go want them to know my heart. everybody out there, okay? I would feel so sad if I, one of them knew that I picked one over the other. <laughs> know, I'm like, right? you can't know. Uh, in Bellevue, we have U.S. Border Cantina, and they're going up against Tito's. That's going to be a hotly contested that battle. Is, yeah. I can tell you right now in the voting, that's going to be a hotly contested battle. Blanco, Cochina, and Calacas. Calacas. I don't know. That's, you can click on it, and you can learn. 
There's so many of these. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, local taco versus Cinco de Mayo. Okay. That's a big one right there. Cinco yeah. de Mayo is a, that's a monster place. Uh, it's, it's really close in the voting. Uh, Alfonso's and Memo's in okay. Mount Juliet. Uh, Memo's is ahead on that one right now. Uh, Las Portales and Pancho and Lefties. Pancho so lefties. we're going local. I mean, yeah. the, the, the main thing here is that we're talking about locally owned. And, like you're not, Chewy's is not on here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That like makes the, sense. If you have multi-units, but it really needs to be based here in Nashville. Yeah. If I missed one or two, like we put a lot of work into it, but you know. Oscar's Taco Shop versus Casa Fiesta. Mm-hmm. That one's going in a direction I wasn't sure about. Acapulco Mexican versus Taqueria del Sol. Nectar. Oh, this this one. This one is this one is oof. <laughs> Nectar Urban Cantina versus Mas Tacos. Mas Tacos. That's crazy. I mean, the two followings that both that's a that is a heavyweight round one, by yeah, the way. That yeah. is a holy shit, why did you do that in round one, yeah. Brandon? And it selected a bunch and I, I left some of these as they were because I was like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Who's uh, in the lead on that one? Is it close? It's close. It's separated by eight votes right now. Okay. So one of there is definitely a leader. I'm not going to say okay, who. Okay, okay, heard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Campo Azul versus El Sombrero. Chagos, uh, that's the one in on a, on a Belmont uh, versus De La Paz. It's hotly contested at this point. Sopa Pia's in Franklin versus Saint Inejo. That is a big... That's going to get dirty, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's going to get dirty uh, in round one. Completely different communities and... Different communities. Yeah. And the, both powerhouses in, yeah. their, in their communities. Slightly different audiences, honestly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to see what happens there. That's cool. Uh, El Matate. Is it El Matate? El Matate? I think it's El Matate. El Matate, yeah. Uh, Las Maracas are together. One of those is running away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garcia's versus Don Poncho's. Garcia's and Franklin, huge following. I remember when I was food. younger, that's where we would go after a game. Oh, so good. That's where we go at playing lacrosse or basketball. We would all go out to Garcia's or um, uh, Poncho's. Or La, were the two. La Hacienda was right there. La Hacienda too. Yeah. Uh, but always Mexican food. Always. But, but I think Garcia's and Pueblo's was like the number ones. Uh, cilantro versus Las Palmas. Okay. Las Palmas is a heavyweight. Cilantro's right up with him. Yeah. Right now, right now. Yeah. That could that could go either way. It could. I mean, it's one point away. Cilantro versus Las Palmas. Is cilantro Palmas. newer than Las Palmas? Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, Las, I thought Las so. Las Palmas been around forever. Yeah. Mexicali Grill versus Taqueria. Is this Taqueria San Luis? Mm. Uh that would be the sixteenth game. We've got Frida's Oaxacan and Camino Real Murfreesboro. Camino Real Murfreesboro, Frida's Oaxacan cuisine. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, I will tell you right now that uh, it's tied. Ooh. That is a tie score. Uh, Pueblo Real versus Cancun Bellevue. Damn. Uh, That's another monster. Yeah. Because Pueblo Real and Franklin. It's a mainstay. And so Pueblo Real also owns Tito. So they're on here twice. But they're two completely different restaurants. Yeah. Is Oscars connected to them as well? No. Oscars, okay, Oscars and Victors and the West Coast are Got all it. kind of brothers, but they're not the same. Got it. Okay. As far as I know, don't, don't quote me. I think that's the situation. Mm. Um, but wow, Pueblo Real and Cancun, one of those is running away with it right oh, now at this, at this point. I'm not going to say who. Uh, Tacos y Mariscos Lopez versus, I don't even know how to, uh, Taqueria La Juculita. 
I, I don't even know how to say some of these things. I'm terrible. Ukulita. Ukulita. I don't know if that's how they want it to be pronounced, but that's how <laughs> I would read that. Ukulita. You know what? Just because we've butchered that, I'm going to tell you that they're at 5913 Morrow Road in Nashville. <laughs> they are. Uh, they have. They have 23 ratings. They're a 4.9 rated restaurant. They're. They're rocking and rolling. Taqueria La Ukulita. I'm Perfect. You just, nailed it. Just, that was excellent. I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> Don't be. Do <laughs> Don't be. Oh my god. People are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Well, I mean, audience uh, people who would be going to these places would probably pronounce it the way you saw it. So you're just giving them a head start. We have another heavyweight in round one. Okay. Uh, these these this is like a two versus a three seed. Maybe a one versus a two. I don't know. Okay. Uh, this is nachos versus la hacienda. Okay. I mean. Urf. There, there's some intermingling there. Las Fiestas ver, versus uh, El Hollysense. Do you know? Hollysense? I've not been. El Hollysense. Hollysense up. I shouldn't say really? that. Really? They're, they're up right now over Las Fiestas. Mojo Tacos versus Mazatlan and Dixon. West Coast Taco Shop versus Alabrije. Okay. At Alabrije the other day at the soccer stadium. Was it's it good? good. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Redheaded Stranger versus La Terraza. Yeah. Wow. That is a really good matchup. Man. They both have great margaritas. Um, Redheaded Stranger has great to go. I haven't ordered to go from the other. So. Okay. Well, there you go. El Molcajete versus El Fuego. A couple okay. L's. Okay. <laughs> Cabos versus El Paseo. Okay. That's tied right now. Victor's Taco Shop versus El Monte. Pancho's Place versus Super Rica. Oh. Wow, you have like a traditional completely versus... completely different styles. Yeah, yeah, that could be really interesting. That is really close right now. I know where I would vote in that situation, but I'm not going to share. <laughs> I know what kind of person I am is what I'm actually saying. <laughs> the Real Cali Taco versus El Rey Azteca. Fogato's Mexican versus Taqueria Azteca. Mais de la Vida versus El Agavero. I... That's the hardest one of all of it for me, mm -hmm. like literally, because El Aguero is my spot. Okay. That's the one that we go to like twice a week. That's your spot. That's my spot. That's yeah. in Bellevue. That, that's like my, I see all my neighbors there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is my, that's my spot. It used to be Cancun, sometimes on the border, but it's always El Aguero. Like, yeah. That's the spot. They know you there. They've got your stuff ready to go. I know. One, Sergio, yeah. everybody. I know. I know Sergio too. Managers. I didn't know Sergio went there. He used to be at, um... He was at uh, Pueblos for a while. His sister, uh, Mary Sala, is amazing. We gave her presents when she had a baby. Aww. Like, I mean, like, we're like... This is fam. This this is my spot. Yeah. But he's up against Maiz de la Vida and Julio Hernandez. That's my boy. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, he's like one of my favorite people in the world. Like, I yeah. love Julio. Yeah. And what he's doing at Maiz de la Vida is... I, I don't know. That's I mean, hard. That, that's like... I know which one I think could be, it's better, but I know which one my heart, like it's, yeah. what do you do there? What do I do there? What do you, where are you going to vote? I get two votes. Yeah, you get two votes. <laughs> <laughs> so they just cancel each they other They both out. get some love. <laughs> uh, the final one is going to be another battle that's very similar. Mestizos in Bellevue versus, what's, if there's one restaurant we haven't mentioned so far, it would be the Rose Pepper. Oh, okay. I mean- I was trying to think of what you hadn't said yet. Uh, we've already had a post. Somebody said, what about succulent vegan tacos? You didn't make them the list. And, you know, yeah, uh, 
should they, uh, yeah, they should have made the list. Yeah. I'm, um, there's definitely going to be people that we miss. There's yeah. going to be things we're, we're human. We're trying to do this thing the right way, but, yeah. um, and there's so many different awesome spots in Nashville to go to, to see. So there's no doubt that there's going to be other places that didn't make the list either that deserve to be on there. Um, but in reality, uh, what can you do? You, you have 64 you slots. You do it out fun. there. Have some fun with it. Go yeah. to, here's how you vote. You go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Okay. And on the homepage right there is a picture of, it's like a fuzzy picture of me. I don't, I don't know why that's what it is. That's just the picture <laughs> that I chose. <laughs> I can need, help you make a new picture if you need it. <laughs> Thank you. I definitely need that. I'm like, I'm like in mid- I did click on it. I'm like, hey, <laughs> there's Brandon. <laughs> yeah, you click on it. Then you just scroll. Just the, the very, yeah. like you just scroll up. It pops and right it, up. Right there. It yeah. is a button that says vote. You just click vote. It takes you directly to it. Yeah. Then you get to put your email address in, um, which I believe I get to keep that data. Yeah. And then I can send you all emails that say, hey, Nashville Restaurant Radio. Is this? Yeah. I won't spam you, I promise. Yeah. I don't plan on doing anything like that. And yeah. Just to know who's out there. Who's, who's restaurant? Who's looking out for I'm the not restaurant? Doing it, yeah. I'm not doing yeah. anything with it. If anything, I would like to be able to use, you know, send out an email that said, hey, free whatever. Here, let me promote Your people. Your restaurant yeah. just won or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So um, be nice to build a database. That's all it's used for. Yeah. I will not just do anything with those yeah no commercials and garbage but no yeah Um, in mine i just put i put my first name kayla and then uh put in my email it just took me a couple of seconds um truly and i at first i'm not gonna lie i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to enter each one of these and then i started clicking it and it started flipping through it immediately so it was just like next so as soon as i clicked on it it was fast i was like i don't know if i can like if i want to go through all every bracket but then when once it starts it flips through it for you 32 of them in a row exactly so you don't really you're not getting stuck uh like it doesn't you have to you don't have to type anything or enter it no there's no next where you accidentally hit an ad nothing like that it's just a it went right through it really fast um yeah and i i hopefully voted for all the places that you guys will agree are the best (laughs) (laughs) that's a political (laughs) nice way to say that okay we're like 20 minutes in, 22 minutes in. <laughs> Holy shit. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. That was, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here and doing this. This has been special to to share this with you, and I'm looking forward to these next four episodes. We yeah. had another one. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bonus one. We brought Laura in from the Fox Bar. I cannot wait to share that with everybody. Her insight on the numbers behind the bar scene are on point. It's really fun to talk with someone who's – kind of in the same so far I've talked mostly with uh bartenders and folks that are like so Robert was a psalm and then bartenders are on the ev- everyday kind of grind those are the who those are the folks that have been on the episode so far Laura is the first person I've talked with that is on also my side of things too that means like I'm running inventory I'm running numbers I'm you know yeah. running poor costs running a program and so it was fun for me to kind of geek out with her about some of that side of oh, it. Oh, that's my, I can't wait to hear yeah, that. Yeah, that was I'm good. So it excited. was good. And we're going to have Andrew, who is the owner of the Fox Club and Elegy Coffee. He's going to be on the show next week. We're going to have I him in. I love that. I think that's going to be such a good thing to listen to. You guys, the Fox Bar is awesome. But for today, we're talking with Jennifer yes. Arnold. And she is fantastic. Right now, I believe you can find her at the Hermitage Hotel. She's in the basement in their new location down there. And they're fully developing their vibe and their style for that bar down there. Um, the so, bar? Yeah. It's, na- it's a different space now. So 
Let me pull it it's up. It's not the Oak Bar anymore? No, it's got a different it's got a different well, I know name. Jean George has his restaurant there, but I didn't know that they changed the name of the Oak Bar. Yeah. Hang on, I'll find it. Because I'm not great at remembering things, you guys. Um everybody's out there going, I, <laughs> I came to listen to that. Yeah, Why did I have yeah. to hear all this bullshit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you I didn't know I was gonna get to go you're gonna go over the whole damn bracket. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, now everybody who also likes um, bars can, if you like well, bars, you like Mexican let food. Let me promote uh, Friday. When, this will be out Wednesday. Friday, we are going to have Sandy Gennaro, and he is a motivational speaker, but he's also the drummer for Cindy Lauper. He was Cindy Lauper's drummer That's on crazy. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. He was Joan Jett's drummer. He was a drummer for the Monkees for many years until- Oh, my uh, goodness. Mickey Dolans or Davey, one of those guys died, and then they couldn't do it anymore. Uh, he was with Bo Diddley. He's done so many things. He's been on Howard Stern three times. That's awesome. I was very jealous of him. But we had a <laughs> wonderful conversation. So fun to talk That's to That's going to be a great episode. That's me on Friday. And then we got the guys who own um, the Pearl Diver, Ben and Jamie. Also amazing people. My Like my new favorite people. There, it was so much fun. I can't lie. Every time I see them, it's kind of like, I feel, I'm like embarrassed. Like, do you guys remember me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I came and had a drink at your bar, and sometimes you have drinks at my bar, and I don't know if you remember <laughs> me or not, but hi. Remember that time? <laughs> it was remember cool. that time? It was really cool. That's how I feel every time I see them, because I love them so much. Uh, her bar is called Drews and Dar. Drewsy and Dar. Yeah. Yeah, the two kids that, were, that's the name of the restaurant, yes. Drewsy and Dar. yes. And I, I was sure that I was going to say that incorrectly. Um, so I was like, I have to look this up. Because I, I do not trust myself with names. There was an old general manager for the Hermitage Hotel forever. And he was there for a really long time. He had two children, Druzy and Dar, oh that were like, raised inside the hotel. That's so incredible. So they were running the halls of the hotel the whole time. So they named the I new restaurant that. after those two children. I love that story. That's so, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I will remember your drink forever. If you come sit at my bar, I will remember what you drank last time I made a drink with you, even if it was like a year ago. Typically, I remember for like, even if it was just one time. Isn't that crazy? But something like that, the names of those two boys, I'd be like, there's a story about two boys <laughs> and their <laughs> names were it. something and it was really cute, but yeah. Right, folks, we're going to jump in this episode. I can't wait, guys. You're going to love Jennifer as well. She's awesome. So let's get into it. Welcome, Jennifer. Hello, everybody. I've got the wonderful Jennifer Arnold with me right now. Jennifer Arnold. That's you, girl. girl. <laughs> it's my first it. time hearing it like that. <laughs> Well, tell them why. Well, I just got married last year, and I made the decision. It took about a year to make the decision to change my name, and I decided to go for it. So now I'm Jennifer Arnold. Well, I will amazing. be when the paperwork is like, I'm still Jennifer Jackson yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you took your time deciding that, though. Yeah. You owned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> it is. Yeah. All of this paperwork, everything. Yeah. Um, well, let's tell everybody who you are okay. and uh, tell them where you're at right now, where they can find you. Okay, so like she said, I'm Jennifer Arnold. Um, right now I'm working at Druzy and Dar in the Hermitage Hotel. It is a Jean-George restaurant. Um, it is where the Oak Bar used to be formerly. Now it's got like this real sort of um, luxury cruise or <laughs> like Ooh. Miami vibe. It's really like white and like light pink and light blue and pearl and all of that. So okay. it's really, really cool. And we've got a really cool uh, bar program that's still gaining its feet. 
um, because it's only been open since November. So, that's amazing. Yeah. I love being in a bar program that's just kind of like getting its vibe. Yeah. Because if you can come in during that stage, you're a part of that story now. Exactly. It's so fun. Yeah, exactly. I'm oh, really I'm so honored. Like, I, I feel like I was kind of like headhunted because I was in um, a cocktail competition with my bar manager. Okay. Neither of us won. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so now I have to beat him eventually. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so. Well, you know, that's the way. People don't know enough about those competitions. Those are not things to win necessarily. It's fun to win or it's fun to get into it for that reason. Yeah. But, honestly, those competitions are for networking. A hundred percent. I didn't know that going in because I didn't expect to go as far as I did in that last competition. Mm -hmm. It was for Woodford Reserve. And so when I got to be, like, a finalist, a regional finalist, I was like, whoa. Well, yeah. now I want to win, you know, like five G's yeah. <laughs> and like go, but um, you're hungry for it now. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the competitions. I get a little tired of them because like they're, they're super fun. And every time I go, it's um, just such a cool opportunity to meet people. Um, I think competitions in town are getting a little bit better about not necessarily like taking advantage of the bartenders. Yeah, yeah. It's they, been cool to see that change. They were like that in the Woodford competition, and I didn't actually know. I When I became a finalist, everybody that I knew that was prepping me was like, okay, you're going to need to make enough for 300 cocktails, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to do all this, and it's like six hours, but it's so much fun. And then got into that first meeting, and they were like, we're not going to make you work all day. Like, this is your day off. And I was like, oh. That's the first, this is one of the first times they've done that switch. Really? Yeah, because in the past, it's always been like a large uh, group coming through. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's always fun. And like, uh, I've always enjoyed it. But there is a certain point when you start to, when you start get, getting further in the competitions and you realize that there's some like career, this is a career opportunity for you. Yeah. There's like a moment where you realize like, hey, my time is worth something. Right. And I'm taking a night away from work, so mm-hmm. that means no money that night. You're not necessarily getting paid. Uh, right. You're, you're not getting paid most of the time. Right. Um, unless you win. <laughs> unless you win. And even then, that's not necessarily direct money in your pocket. Right. Um, but, yeah, so I love doing competitions. They are 100% worth it, so I will not crap on them. But it does mean that you have to be aware that you are – giving up a lot yeah um and you get a lot in return it's it's a good thing it's fun it's um it's a really cool way to network outside of industry parties which are also fun but I am 43 and I cannot rock a hangover like I could when I was 21 (laughs) (laughs) so like you can give me like 16 free cocktails and the next day I'm just I can't I can't move not a human anymore it's the worst (laughs) yeah like thank god that I realize that sobriety could look like different things for myself. Yeah. Cause like literally I, I could not do what I used to do. It would would be so bad. And I used to think that, you know, sobriety, sobriety for a lot of people is either quitting entirely. That's Mm -hmm. what they need to do. Um, for some people it's just like a little bit here and there. Um, for me, it's like, if I start to feel a major buzz, I, or like you start to feel like you're that like kind of feel goody moment of when your skin is like feeling like a little buzzy. You're like laughing a little bit Mm -hmm. easier and it's like conversation is a little bit easier. And you're like, oh, this is good. I want more of this. Yeah. Um, So that's the moment where I'm like, 
I don't need more of this. Just enjoy this right here. It's just so hard to regulate when it's free. Because mm-hmm. like if you have your own wallet at stake, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm obviously not going to spend $200 tonight, yeah. so I'm going to regulate. But when somebody's just coming around with like a tray of drinks all the time, yeah. it's really hard to regulate. That's such a good point. That yeah. is such a good point because it's so easily accessible in our community. Mm-hmm. And we just uh, justify a lot of bad behaviors for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's something that for me, it's been part of the struggle and part of my journey because bartending both saved my life, yeah. uh, but also put me in um, places where I could abuse um, the things that were kind of comforting or easy to like run away from. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to, before we get into like the deep good stuff, cause I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation. Oh, me too. Me too. Oh my good Lord. All week. Yeah. It's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, let's share this little drink that we're sipping on. I'm almost done with it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. We've been sipping. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that you love, and because I asked you, <laughs> I know that you love, um, Montenegro, uh, daiquiris. Yeah. I actually just got into them. Yeah? Yeah. I Well, somebody told, well, I had these really awesome bartenders from Kentucky come and sit at my bar, and they okay. were talking to me about Amaro daiquiris. And I was like, well, <laughs> obviously, I have to get into that now. Let me try this. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's we amazing. Call them, um, we call them snackeries. Yes. Um, yeah. We used to call uh, a team of us at Graves, and I, I know lots of bars that call it that. I don't know how these words pass down yeah. to each other, and like how you'll, I can go to another bar, and I for a snackery and people know exactly what that is well it's like the half daiquiri right it's a half daiquiri but it's often like um and at least the uh popular thing that i've tried with a handful of bartenders is like an amaro daiquiri that's small yeah um so usually fernet like usually or a daiquiri with a little bit of fernet a fernet daiquiri Oh, it's I don't so know. good. Really? It's so good. Okay, because it feels like it would punch you in the face. It and does the a little bit, but it's it's like dry. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like you can do it either way. You can either do a split base ratio with mm-hmm. half the rum, half the fernet. You can do a full fernet daiquiri. Um, but if you're using demerara sugar yeah. instead of just simple syrup, you get like that brown sugar note and that kind of like vanilla undertone. That makes sense. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. It's well, so I obviously have to try that now. Now you got to try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what we're drinking right now, I made you, um, an, another Amaro kind of daiquiri, mm-hmm. but I used hoodoo, which is a chicory liqueur. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I use lemon instead of lime. Um, and we're serving it on some ice just to keep it nice and chill. Yeah. I honestly have not had hoodoo outside of the context of coffee mm. or hot chocolate. It's so, so good in those places too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so that's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. It's a, a cat head product, product based out of uh, Missouri, I believe. Really? I think it's Missouri. Yeah. And then, and they do, I'm almost positive. Uh, they do a lot of uh, give back to musicians. I knew that about Cathead. It's pretty dope. And so Hoodoo's a Cathead product. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I love it. I love yeah, it a lot. it's very good. Um, I did put a little bit of the Lemon Heart uh, 151 rum in there. Mm, okay, <laughs> so that's, that's that, that little is. warming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's clean glasses, my love. Oh, yes, Cheers. absolutely. Cheers. I'll take it. It's really good. 
I like <laughs> it. Drink it way too fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know if it was going to turn out because I was just trying to rock the cocktail and get it over here so you didn't have to wait on me too long before we got ready to go. So nice outside though. Yeah. I don't know. It's like you, you go for like two or three weeks where you just feel oppressed by the sun. It was awful. It was terrible. And now you're like sitting outside and there's a breeze and you're like, this is fine. I'll take this. Yeah, yeah. this is fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, Okay. I want to get into your story of why did you even get into bartending? Oh, my God. I don't know. I I know you've talked to two other bartenders. Um, Mine is completely based in, um, like, pop culture Mm -hmm. because I was um, about 12 years old when Cocktail came out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw it at least 10,000 times. Really? I used to have The Last Barman Poet like poet like the little poem memorized but like when I was younger I thought that bartenders were the coolest people on the planet right and you know they're flipping and all (laughs) this and like you know in the early 90s it was very like you know um TGI Fridays was the best and coolest place to be and they have all that flair and those buttons and they're throwing shit yeah it's great but um Nobody ever wanted to hire me as a bartender. I always ended up as a surfer. Mm. And they'd be like, we'll promote you. But then, like, I would never get off the floor. Mm. But I finally got, um, like, a job where they would put me behind the bar. And I kind of, that's where I got, like, the really insane sort of work ethic that's like, well, now that I'm here, I have to be the best. I have to absolutely dominate the well so that nobody else, you know, so they'll understand why I belonged here. So Proving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I never got to throw a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) But not too late, not too late. I want to learn how to throw tins. Yeah. Preston can throw a tin where he like Yeah. It's, it's where you you know what I'm talking about. I do, I've seen it. I yeah. can't do he it. He pops that up and then yeah. catches it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been able to do it. I've I've got a couple of things that I, I love to do. Yeah. But yeah, I so um there's a bartender I used to work with in Franklin, um, named Kyle Horvath. And uh, he's I think a, I know him. You, you have to know him. Yeah. Um He's been, he's not bartending these days. Uh, He's an amazing musician. He worked Um, at Graves. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I definitely know him. Yeah. Yeah. He was such a sweetheart. He is such a sweetheart. Um, But he has a little kid and him and his wife, Micah, taught their kid to cheers Mm -hmm. and also to say bar flare. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So so we had this ongoing joke that like, we would just like throw a jigger in the air and be like bar flare. (laughs) <laughs> like nice. just like toss it and be like bar flare bar flare yeah and so their child <laughs> will both cheers you with his sippy cup and sippy cup. and go yes. uh bar flare and, and throw something and be like bar flare Amazing. i think it's so cute <laughs> i love that um so i just had a kid at my bar order um exactly what his dad ordered um, except for with no alcohol. <laughs> so his dad was like, oh, I'll have like a gray goose and soda with a little bit of grapefruit and a lime. <laughs> and he was like, I will have a Sprite with a little bit of grapefruit and a lime. <laughs> oh really my funny. gosh. I love when kids, <laughs> I guess it's not that healthy, but, I know, I thought, right? <laughs> it's like, but it's really funny. I think it's cute. Cause it's like, like when I make uh, cocktails for people and I see that there's like someone underage at the table, mm-hmm. if I can, I'm going to make them a mocktail. I'm going to make them something zero proof or or if there's someone who's not drinking yeah. and they're curious about getting a drink, I'm definitely going to make them a zero proof drink. Especially if somebody's like pregnant or something, mm-hmm. because like, ugh, I mean, just because their mom doesn't mean that they don't want something fun. Yeah. And it's sad because they just are like, oh, I'm so, I miss drink, you know? And yeah. it's like, but you want to give them something fun to drink, you know, while they're there. Everybody deserves, like when you go out, 
you're going out to run away for a second to find a little reprieve right. from the world going on around you. And there's a moment where it's like, I want to treat myself. Right. And a lot of people who don't drink for whatever reason, sometimes don't feel like they get that, that enjoyment. They're not treating themselves. They're, yeah. they're still either slightly seeing it. Like I have to hold back. I can't, I, I there's nothing for me. Soda water with lime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that sometimes, like they just don't know that zero proof drinks even exist. Right. Well, and no shade to, I mean, you're talking about like seed lip and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. I love. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that Seedlip is getting a little bit more popular and other brands of zero proof drinks exist, yeah, my zero proof menus are improving too. Yeah, um, Ritual is another really good one. I've been looking into them. Yeah, I've heard of them too. They're amazing. Their rum is fantastic, but it's not mass produced yet. That's the thing. I like the only thing. Well, Seedlip is all of the different spirits. The only one I've worked with is the gin. Yeah, yeah. The I like Seedlip except their one thing about like. It's not that I don't like Seedlip. It's that I have different goals with what I'm using. Mm -hmm. So Seedlip is an infusion of a variety of different flavors. And they have a handful where they are imitating like spirits. Yeah. But they're almost like complete cocktails. Yeah. In a sense. Okay. That makes sense. And so it's like they've already added the flavors. They've already created the drink. And so for a lot of people who maybe don't make drinks at home, Seedlip is perfect. Right. But at a bar, I like the ritual options because it's like just their quote-unquote tequila and rum and whiskey. Yeah, no, you want something like that if you're like, if you want to do even just an imitation of something that other people at the yeah. table are drinking. Yeah, yeah. Which reminds me, speaking, you were, sorry, totally off subject, but you were talking about making drinks at home. Have you seen the Keurig for cocktails? I've seen that. What, how did, tell me how that makes you feel. <laughs> um, Many feelings. <laughs> I think it's probably okay for whoever wants it. Yeah. Um. It's probably going to be tasty. Um, I think it's kind of more or less unneeded. Like, yeah, it's just. Well, it's all really easy drinks like a daiquiri yeah. or a Cosmo or an old it, fashioned, which is yeah. the easiest build in the world. But literally, I feel, well, there's this woman who's like, well, at home I have this, so I don't need a bartender. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> See, I think those things will fall away. I really do. You like, think so? Yeah, because like when you go out, you, people come to sit at a bar for like two reasons. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's to interact with others and sometimes it's to hide from others. Mm -hmm. um, and so if somebody's out at a bar and either has a book or their phone on them, they pretty much are just trying to hide out and have a good drink while there's an environment around them that they enjoy. Right. And then there's others who come to you to have a conversation, to seek your counsel. Right. And they may not even right. know it. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, at those two intersections. It's so, like I work at a bar because I like to hear other people's drama. I'm here for their gossip and their tea. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't know that I can hear them. Yes. Like this is, you guys, if you're listening, we hear every word. We hear what you're saying. We hear exactly. <laughs> we hear like, every word. Just give us a little backstory. Like it, that wouldn't hurt. Like who is Lisa? <laughs> Why is he texting her? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just need a little context here. Right. <laughs> I need to know whose side to be on. <laughs> Stop trying to whisper. Because <laughs> it's not good whispering yeah, anyway. No, I, <laughs> I think that's so funny. I honestly, like, I pick and choose, though. Like, I, I'm so used to, like, I can hear everything that mm -hmm. the guests say. But most of the time you tune it out just because you're working. And there are moments that if you've got those bartender ears, you, like, you can tell when it's like, did I hear you need a refill? Did I hear that we need Right. Some? It's like all of a sudden, or you can all of a sudden your ears perk up when you're like, ooh, 
this lady is uncomfortable with this gentleman that she's seeing. Like you're just something sets you off and you're like, I need to be present if anything goes further. Right. Um, or like this guy is now crossing into like an angry place and it's going to get worse. Yeah. So I need to kind of be close by. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, I'm, I'm here for all of that. I'm here for keeping the guests safe, but I also just like really want to know, mm-hmm. like really <laughs> want to know. I actually had some guests that were talking to me about how they didn't want to go to a really close friend's wedding and that it was coming up. So they had to either say yes or no now. Huh. And like <laughs> the wedding, <laughs> Oh my gosh. The the couple met at summer camp, so the wedding is summer camp themed. And oh. these were two vehemently anti-camping people. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, it said in the invitation to bring bug spray. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> and I like looked up and I was like, listen, I'm sorry. I could hear everything you said. Please tell me more. <laughs> I need to know why. I need to know, yes, everything. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it was my really, gosh. really funny. That's so cute. Yeah. It was funny. She was like, I'm diabetic. What if something happened in the woods? And I was like, well, I mean, you're in a camp. Like, there's a nurse's You'll station. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. She's like, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, a little bit. So, like, I wish I were an outdoor person. Mm-hmm. I'm just terribly afraid of bugs. That's completely fair. Bugs are terrifying. They're scary and yucky. Yeah. I don't want them to suffer or die. I just don't want them on me or anywhere in the range where they can get in my ears or nose or That's so eyes. specific. <laughs> it's, I just don't want them to be... Like in an orifice. They will find a way, and I just don't want them... <laughs> That's so specific. I love that. No, I... Mm-hmm. You and I differ in that I do want them to suffer and die. <laughs> 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 and I will straight up antagonize like a, a wasp because a wasp is different than a bee. Yeah, a true. bee is just like, I'm protecting my home and my family mm-hmm. and these flowers. And a wasp was like, what's up, you little bitch? Like, yeah. <laughs> They are looking for damage. They're like, this is going to fucking hurt. I, I cannot stand it. I no. like, no, I just don't want the buzzing sound. <sighs> nothing. I don't no. want it. No. No, it's not needed in my life. It's like, well, if it's coming at me, then I am allowed to come at it. Now, yes. I'm, I know that it is, that's probably an unhealthy, like, <laughs> aggression. <laughs> like, this is a use of aggressiveness and rage. <laughs> but I, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I'm not trying to get stung today. Well, hey, we got options out there. And there are enough <laughs> things that I hold back my rage on. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> There's enough things I hold back my rage on. It is not going to be a, a wasp attacking me. No, sir. No, no. Back the hell up. I, I, no, I got bitten. No, I mean, I guess stung by a bee. Like when I was working, actually, I was working at a pool bar and I got stung by a bee and I swelled up my, it was on my arm and my arm swelled up so bad I couldn't bend it oh, for no. like a full day. And that was just embarrassing because it yeah. was like either I'm allergic or I'm not, but like this, I can't work. Like, (laughs) this is just embarrassing. (laughs) And like, I was just, I was like, okay, well, okay. It's me against nature now. Like that was, that's the origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Me against the world. (laughs) Okay. This means war. So (laughs) I reject all things in this nature. I just, I like, we were talking, it was a nice day outside. Mm -hmm. The greenery, like that speaks to me. It makes me feel great. Me too. Um, But yeah, I just. I can't with the bugs. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. 
I mean, I like to hike. Well, you know, John and I had our wedding outdoor and, you know, we provided bugs, right? Like it's all the same. So I, yeah. I laughed when they said that because I was like, oh, that's exactly Literally right. anywhere. That's so kind though, because if you're going to be outside yeah, and, and weddings outside are gorgeous, yeah. like you want to be close to nature. That's beautiful. I mean, that was mainly, and also it was, you know, like 2021. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that we were isolated. That's smart. And, but like. That's about it. I mean, yeah. I can go hiking, but I don't, I used to love camping when I was in my twenties, you know, just like being outside and like, yeah. you sleep really good in a tent for some reason, but also just crash so many bugs and yeah. like eating out of a tin can. Like, I don't like living like I'm in the past. <laughs> <laughs> we are in 2022. <laughs> yeah. I do not need this. I need some <laughs> Wi-Fi and <laughs> you need a nice, comfortable bed. I do like the escape of it. I mean, so not to transition harsh here, uh, but I think it flows with what we're talking about because a couple things, um, the rage that I feel towards bugs and that I get to explore with bugs, (laughs) I don't explore in the rest of my life. Right. Um, And the other thing is like being outdoors and seeking um, kind of like the joy of being out in nature, right? We don't really experience that. We're in the bar world. We don't. We have a particular schedule. Mm-hmm. It's typically leaning towards the night. Um, time off is kind of a joke for most of us. <laughs> yeah, that's when you do your other things that you've needed to do all week, like sleep, right, or your laundry, <laughs> laundry, or go do errands, which is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, actually, the worst thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, one of the things that I think I could explore more that I would like to explore more is, and I mean, all jokes aside, I do hate bugs, but all jokes aside, I would like to explore outdoors more. Mm-hmm. I've been working on some habits for myself. I've been like practicing singing a little bit more just for my joy. You're amazing by the way. No, don't. No, I, okay. What, why? <laughs> but like you put it on like TikTok. It's like public. You I'm have trying a beautiful to. voice. Oh, this is bad. I didn't mean to do this. Um, <laughs> just saying. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I, um, Um, I just get a lot of joy from it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel like it's great, but I also like sharing it and I like trying to be intentional about Mm -hmm. it. And, um, Brandon, who's going to be on our next episode, he encouraged me, he's our head bartender at Oak Mm -hmm. and he encouraged me to like seek this out. And there's, um, some healthy things that we can do as bartenders Mm -hmm. to find habits that are outside of the workplace that are like good for us. Um, you know, uplifting, right. And maybe feed a different part of our soul. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that, and and we'll get into this further. But like, I, um, I sought some intensive therapy recently, and good for you. one thing that was really well, I learned that I really crave silence, and I never thought that about myself because mm. I've worked in bars since I was twenty one. So I thought I always needed sound. I always needed something in the background, and um, this is so weird. The restaurant that I work at has a silent kitchen. And when you walk out of the dining room and out of the bar and into the kitchen, it's like, it's like walking into an air conditioned room after being outside. You're just suddenly like, oh, like I didn't know I needed that so much. And that's like part of like me looking for an escape. I like being outside when I can see the stars and I bought myself a hammock. So when it's like nice, I can like, like lay outside or something. Um, yeah, no, it's all about trying to find, well, work-life balance, that's like such a cliche term, Yeah, but you have to find a balance. You have to. Because I think that what we all learned in 2020 is that if you have no balance, that if something gets pulled away, then you're going to topple over. You're going to, you be, it's it's truly like, 
when 2020 happened, um, I had to answer the question for myself of who I am without work. Right. And I don't know. I mean, for me as an individual, it's a specific journey of like, wow, I don't know who I am without work because I've been working since I was young. Like, I Mm -hmm. think I started off, uh, of course, babysitting, taking care of siblings. That doesn't count, but it does count. Um, But I also worked with um, a a small art company, and I think I started that at 16. Oh, wow. Um, That's really cool, though. (laughs) It was awesome. It was awesome. It was very small. I just did, like, uh, I helped them build their frames and wire their frames and, and, you know, uh, clean up their canvases with their prints, that kind of thing. But I started that so young, and it was just this mentality of, like, no one's coming to save you. Oh, no one's coming. You said a mouthful there, sister. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was just like, I've got to start and keep going. And I'm still yeah. a single woman. I'm still mm-hmm. an individual uh, that I, I have to seek out my well-being because I know no one else is going to. Right. Oh, 100%. I mean, listen, even if you're coupled up, that's almost, you know, you have your partner's well-being 100% in mind. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself yeah. so you can be an active partner. Exactly. So. Because if you have an empty well or a dry well, there's nothing left to give. Right. And these are the kind of things that like, I mean, it's obvious more or less to us like Mm -hmm. we know these on a sheet of paper I could write down things that are just facts and knowledge that we know about taking care of ourselves right I can write all this down but living it is so challenging it really is it's so challenging I love that you um chose that you've been able to seek out therapy and help for yourself I know for me and I'm just going to share this really quickly yeah uh because I think it'll give my context for why I think your story is so, so valuable and so precious. <laughs> okay. Um, but I thought I was going to be a teacher most mm-hmm. of my life, my whole life. And when I realized that that wasn't satisfying or the right thing for me, that that wasn't the right fit, um, there was a lot of other challenges that went on. I fell into bartending and it did save my life, 100%, gave me purpose, gave me push, gave me drive in a very dark time, mm-hmm. um, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of all that kind of garbage. Yeah. It was like a, a chance for me to find value um, that was outside of teaching and outside of like the, my concepts of what success were. And it really retrained me. Um, and then ever over the years, I've had to rework my idea of personal value and worth And in 2020, we had to answer that question of what is my worth without production? Right. Because we are not a, our worth does not come from production. Right. Well, I mean, we're outside of the girl boss kind of like hustle culture Mm -hmm. now, like, but we were all very much in it then. And like, you got to keep yourself busy. If you're not busy, then you're not doing nothing. And yeah, yeah. you're less valuable if you're not succeeding or achieving or Or trying to. Yeah, or trying to. Yeah. And even the suffering was considered uh, a work ethic, or or like the suffering was considered a a moral quality. Right? I mean, that, I I look back at that, and I kind of just sort of am shocked at myself. I'm Mm. so different now, because I used to be that person where I'd be like, I've worked four doubles this week. Like, oh, I've only had probably 18 hours of sleep this week. I used to brag about how tired and exhausted I was. And that's like not a brag. That's terrible. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, we all used to do the same thing. And it's like, 
I kind of shut down and went into sloth mode in 2020. Like, I was just sort of like, I'm going to watch all this TV. I'm mm-hmm. going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to, like, you know, I'm going to enjoy my time. You call it sloth time. mode. I call it survival mode. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was just like, I mean, it was, and it was really hard to get my motor back going yeah. once I had to. Yeah. Um, but, like, no, I mean, everything that you're saying, especially for me, and, like, you know, what I just said, especially, like, keeping busy and feeling mm-hmm. like I had to keep busy or I wasn't, like, a good person. That's the thing. It's, yeah. like, literally you'll have your scheduled day off and you'll be laying there enjoying just not doing anything. And suddenly you feel like, I should be productive. I should have guilt. I, like, I need yeah. to go clean. I need to do some, you know. And it's it's not safe. Yeah. Like, that's not safe behavior. It's not. And so, like that's so hard to admit too, because mm-hmm. we still, and we said this earlier that like the persona of bartender is badass. Yeah. And you're not supposed to feel feelings and yeah. you're not supposed to need a break, you know? And I know that there are places that I've worked that where I literally would go for 12 hours without peeing. And it was like, yeah. I'm this badass who yeah. doesn't need to pee. <laughs> I need nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, you hurt yourself. You slice your finger open with a peeler, which is the worst thing. By the oh, way. my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Especially when it's like, because you're like, oh, it's not that bad. This The individual cuts, yeah. those suck, like the slices. But like yeah. the ones where you do it with a peeler, Ugh. it shaves skin off to where it's like, you know it's going to be bad when it's like you don't see any blood. It's just like water. White. And then all of a sudden, it'll turn like you see these little porous dots yes oh my god and then it (laughs) does not stop bleeding (laughs) and then the pain comes yeah no but like you keep working you just wrap a paper towel you know throw a glove on put a glove on it let it bleed I've I've worked a shift where I cut myself so bad uh that I had but I didn't leave because we it was in the middle of a Friday night um and we were slammed yeah and so literally I just kept working one-handed with my left hand and kept my right hand in the air and I bet everybody was like look at badass Kayla I mean whether there's a moment in your head that you're like I have to do this because I have to do this and you think it's a requirement and then there's a secondary moment where you're like I have to do this because I have a, like, because I have to make myself happy. Like I am pleased with my sacrifice. It's like, oh, I'm so bad. Like I actually knew a woman who was a line cook in a restaurant I worked at. And this is so awful. We made fish and chips there and she, you know, you have to drag the fish through and she dipped all five of her fingers into the hot oil. Oh shit. Accidentally. And she just put a glove on, kept working. I know. I had a, uh, there was a someone that I worked with in um, Cleveland, Tennessee at a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and uh, his, we called him My Little Pony and it became a term of endearment. Um, he had a, cause he had a ponytail. That was all there was to it. Got it. He was just I was a like, sweetheart. I, I went through everything in my head. Yeah, I was no. like colored hair. Like no, what? he was just, <laughs> honestly, uh, we had a, a girl cook named Jeremy. Shout out Jeremy if they ever hear this. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, and uh so basically he stuck his whole hand in the fryer and it was like on a, a dare or I don't even know if anyone dared him. I think he dare, He was like, I'm doing it. Why though? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. It's so crazy, but he pulled his hand back out and it was okay. Surprisingly, like it was, it was bad, but I don't know what, I don't know how it happened. I don't know what, I don't know why he was okay or why he was able to keep working, but no, um, first of all, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's the weird. He's also a dad now. It's the thing. Oh my God. I, I worked with a guy once who like ate like a couple of raw habaneros <laughs> and then like 
touched his eyes. No. Why do and they do it to themselves? Oh, do you guys dare me? Like, obviously, no, we don't dare. I you. don't want you to. Please don't do this. It's <laughs> a terrible idea. In fact, no. I'm. I dare you not to. <laughs> Begging you not to is what I'm saying. His name was uh, Nicholas Warnack. I just wanted to call him out, too, because he was such a... First name, last name, in yes, fact. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. First name, last name, because he's still someone who I think, like, I just always thought about him. You never forget those people. I'm getting more. Get it. Okay. Um, yeah, so the things that we do, I think, and kind of like the joy we take from the pain, mm. it's so messed up and sadistic, but... There's also a part of it that we're just also ingrained that that's where yes. your value comes from. Yes. It's not just a personal joy of pain and suffering. It it crosses over into every industry, right? Like mm -hmm. when I was a teacher, every teacher would brag about, I've never had any days off. I've never had any, um, mm -hmm. I've never called in for a sick day. Um, and I used to think that's the way I need to be. Um, and then I guess there's just this reality that you know, there's, there are people who take advantage and call off every time they get a chance. Right. But I think the bigger issue or the more prevalent issue of the two is the numbers of us that are just like, how do we push through and how do we suffer through? Right. And that's changed. Yeah. And I think that like, for me, I, well, I had a bit of a mental health crisis and mm -hmm. I don't mean that like I had a break with reality or anything like that, but I was literally like, I can no longer sustain this, this person that I am right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of those things was my absolute non-productivity. Like I was calling out once or twice every single week. And on those days, it wasn't like I was doing something. I yeah. was just horizontal the entire day. Yeah. Wasn't hanging out with my dogs. I was just watching television. Yeah. And I was like, this is not sustainable. Yeah. Like I either have to go back to work or I have to figure out what's going on that's making yeah. me not productive. And like I, it, I learned so much about myself. And one of the things that I learned was that I was uncomfortable with the fact that like I could take a day off. Like yeah. I was really uncomfortable taking care of myself mm -hmm. and I still am. Yeah. Like I have to sit there and have like a full conversation with myself where I'm like, I really need to go to the bathroom right now, but we're so busy. And then I'll sit there and be like, Jennifer, you are an adult woman. You have to use the restroom, which is a thing that humans do. That's go a to normal the bathroom. human thing. Go, go take care of this. Because wetting yourself on behind this bar is not going to make you a better bartender. No, no. <laughs> or giving yourself a bladder infection. Right, which has happened to me. You know? Yes. That, and that's what it is. This yeah. is what we do to ourselves. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, we can, we can also... Um, I deeply love counseling. I totally believe in it. Mm -hmm. I think everyone should do it. Um, I've been in a much healthier state than I've been in a long, long time. And um, I think with counseling, you get this chance to talk with an, an unbiased third person party exactly. that is just going to be able to help you get some clarity to your own personal, because I've never been impressed by counselors or therapists. Like right. I've always just been like, man, they didn't say anything I don't know or that I haven't heard on an episode of uh, <laughs> friends and family or whatever, right, like exactly. family matters or full yeah. house or something you read on like an Instagram yeah. like meme yeah, like, <laughs> about yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. Ch cherish yourself. You're wonderful. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I know. Thanks for telling me the thing I know. But when you get vulnerable and actually sit with this counselor it's, it's not the counselor doing the work. It's you doing the work. And it's about you. Mm -hmm. And it's another thing that's like, you have to allow that process. You mm -hmm. have to allow the process to like take care of yourself. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so outlandish that it should be so hard to understand that yeah. we, sh 
we should take care of ourselves. Yeah. But it's like, no, I, I've been this other person for my entire life. I've, I've tried yeah. to be a machine. So when I'm not being a machine, I'm failing. Yeah. So there's a, um, I don't know if you've seen that, um, movie. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, I think it's, um, give me one second to find you it. You do the same thing that I do to open my phone. Like you only I need just it tap once, it. <laughs> but I'm like, um, I think it's thank you for calling. Um, I haven't, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Um, so there's this part in the movie where, and I, I don't want to spoil it for people, but um, it's th- throughout the movie, uh, the main, it's called Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. Sorry to Bother You. And it's an incredible film. Um, it's, it's, ta- it's this um, telemarketer. These people are kind of like fighting for their rights to be able to take breaks and stuff like that. And they unionize and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you think it's, the movie's about one thing. It's very surrealist, very abstract. Um, and there's this moment, and so I'm going to say spoilers, everybody spoilers. Okay, now is your time to pause. <laughs> <laughs> Come back in like forward. five seconds. <laughs> um, but there's this uh, part where they expose that they're turning people into actual workhorses. Oh my gosh. Like they're gen- genetically modifying them and they like they look like horrific horse monsters. Oh no, no. Um, literal hor- literal horses. Yes. Unexpected. And okay. so I have to say that there was a moment that I was watching it and I was like all of a sudden sick to my stomach of like, I don't know how many times I've referred to myself personally as a workhorse. Yeah. Proudly. Yeah. And I watched this and I was like, ugh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You guys, it, your your value does not come from your work. Of course, no. I mean, you just need to do what makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. If it, I mean, obviously, I mean, for me, it is to still do good work. Yeah. But it's also to like explore, like being creative, and to also take care of myself. Yeah. Which is new. This is brand new. Very new. I don't want to act like I'm, you know, so good at this because I'm so hard. So brand new. <laughs> but it's so hard. I know. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you're where I'm new to it too. Yeah. Even though I've been on this journey for six years of yeah. trying to recover myself. That's worth. great. That was not what I needed to hear. I thought I would be absolutely awesome at it in six years. Um, because yeah. I've only been doing it for a year. It's still so challenging. Oh no. But the beautiful <laughs> thing about it is that I've what's challenging about it isn't that I don't want to do it. It's that I consistently am challenged by both our culture mm-hmm. and by my desire to rewrite and rework the neural pathways in my mind. Ooh, okay. And so you have to want it. Yeah. And then the other side of it too is uh you unfortunately can't stop working. Like, so in right. reality, right. That's capitalism, baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like in reality, when you start with the idea that you're going to take care of yourself, it's kind of like if you, if you're addicted to food, you can't stop I was eating food. literally just about to say that yeah. literally yeah. just about to say exactly that. It's exactly the same issue. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're addicted to meth, it's okay. You can, you, you don't have to take like, right. It, you don't you can need stop meth. and it's not going to kill your body yeah, <laughs> or make it so that you cannot survive. And it doesn't mean it's easier, but right. you don't have to take meth to survive. Right. And you do have to eat to survive. So to cut off any amount of food and try to work with the addiction that way is challenging. Mm-hmm. 
And being addicted to work, you can't stop working. Right. You do have to show up. I, I like that. Um, so I just now, just now, I'm 34 years old. I struggle heavily with taking care of my my own personal space. Mm-hmm. I'm good at taking care of my bar and my workspace. But if it's just for me, then I'm like, I can live in garbage. And I and I don't treat myself Kayla, well. Kayla, we're the exact same person. <laughs> you should see <laughs> my marriage bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like... Our bedroom on his side is immaculate, perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything has a place. And my side is just a pile of everything. Yeah. It's just a pile of everything. Literally starting from the foot of the bed on my half, going yep. all the way around to the nightstand. Yep. I'm not comfortable with this. I don't like it. But I, who? But I can't touch it. Right? Oh. If I can't make it perfect, then I can't do it. What? Why are we the same person it's right so now? It's so crazy. Like, I, if I can't do it right, then I'm like, I well, I can't do this until I do this, and I can't do that until I do this. I need at least three days off freeze. to plan. Yeah. And so yes. it's yes. just, fr- you freeze. Yes. It's, um, yes. And it's truly coming from a psychological issue, and your body is respons- responding to it. Mm-hmm. So you beat yourself up because now you think you're lazy. But you go into fight or flight. Right. So your body is frozen because you're feeling like you're in fight or flight. Right. Um, oh, my gosh. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you're just responding to the world around you. Um, you spoke about that movie. Mm-hmm. Did you watch um, uh, Severance on Apple I haven't Plus? seen it, no. Oh, my gosh. Is it good? Yeah. Well, it kind of... Okay, so it's literally what the TV show is about. It's about, um, like, a company that gave this surgery to their um, their employees so that they would not remember work when they go home mm. and they would not remember home when they got to work. And it would like erase their memory when they were in the elevator going up to their office. Huh. And I, for the entire series, even though I saw that it was detrimental, especially to the, they call them the innies and the outies. The innies are at work and the outies are at home. <laughs> that it was detrimental to the innies because they would like sometimes get a hint of what their outside life was like. And mm. one of them had like a son. Um, I was like, would I do that? Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe would I this would be good? That. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and, I'm like, that's the thing is like, we are a whole person all right. the time. Right. We we carry and but we actually do compartment compartmentalize so much yeah. to be able to keep pushing forward. But I, you also said something about keeping yourself like new challenges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And since becoming like a craft cocktail bartender, like. This is the first time I've had a job where I will every couple of months find this new challenge yeah. or find this new thing that I need to know yeah. about and become an expert at, yeah. like that I can super focus on and be really interested in. And so it's like, it's not all this like massive desire to keep myself like away from work or like yeah. not remembering Because we work. love the work we do. Right. Exactly. That's the other part is that I love work. Right. And so to cut myself off or to be like, you've taken too much work. Yeah. It's like, no, but I like it. But no, I want to do another competition. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I also sometimes say that I really, really love being a bartender. And sometimes I don't like bartending. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. really hard. I, I truly, there's days where there's, there's often more bad days than good days, but there's also this joy that comes from the good days mm-hmm. that is so sustaining. There's that high that you get when you're in mm-hmm. service well and you realize that it's clicking and you're in the game. You're in the you've flow. Got it. Yeah. yeah. For me, I, uh, that's the best. That's the best. It's better than any high I've ever had. Truly, <laughs> yeah. truly. Like when you're in, especially if you've got a bartender next to you that you can share the well with. 
Because there's like this magical dance happening where mm-hmm. you guys are like intersecting arms and like crossing over and like not hitting or bumping tins. Right. And you can just tell everybody's in the flow. Everybody's killing it. It's like the, yeah. Like it's a so energy. good. Yeah, it's such a it's good really moment. Good. And you're just connecting and like you're just in everybody's doing their own thing but at the same time achieving the same goal once I worked when I was working at Henley I was working and I was in that moment and we got to a point where the ticket stopped printing and I was like and there was guests that were sitting right in front of service also if I can just say this to any people that are potential guests that are listening when you sit in front of service well it makes me sweat (laughs) like constant flop sweat just and from every (laughs) pore of my body I'm like I now I have to talk to you and like I'm scared I'm gonna mess up and you're gonna see me drop something it's awful but um I was like I got done and one of the people that was sitting there was like you're really good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that's it right power. there, baby. <laughs> yeah. The power surging. Uh, the, when someone sees you uh, and, you're, and you're not even necessarily taking note of it, like, you're on show the whole time. Oh, yeah. You and have so to be. You're I usually try, the center like, of it. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I shake my tins. I make, like, loud I noises. To, yeah. I'm like... <sighs> You know, clinging to everybody, yes. you're putting on the show. So get loud, get yeah. people watching, get people invested in the bar. And so you're like, you're doing all this stuff. And after um, eight years, you start to, you're doing it and you're not thinking about it. Right. And so. It's like when you take, for me, I can't scoop ice without clinging the ice. Scoop. Yeah. So I'm always like, clang, scoop. Like, yeah. I always do that. I don't. I love it. Yeah. When I when I separate my tins, I, I have three taps. So I like hit the side, yeah. um, separate, and then um, pull it up, have like the length of the liquid kind of flow from the short tin to the tall yeah. tin. And then I'll tap it one, two, three, and it goes click, click, click. Ooh, and then I love I, and this. it pours up into the drink, and then I click one more time against the glass. So you get like a little last click. Yeah. And it it's feels the ASMR so right. of it all. It's so satisfying. Yeah. And when you're like, oh, that was a good shake, you can just tell. You're like, yes. (laughs) Like, that was everything right. And then the worst thing is when you click to try to get the tins apart, and they don't. And then you feel like, oh. No one look at me. (laughs) This is the worst. It's like, take the tin and run away. (laughs) (laughs) No drinks anymore. We're closed. (laughs) Got to go. Don't look at me. (laughs) The shame. The other thing I wanted to say, though, um, going back to, like, your shake, Mm -hmm. was I had guests talking about that last night. Like a lot of the people that I work with, this is really interesting. A lot of the people that I work with have like these big ah, show mm-hmm. like shakes and I keep mine really close to the chest right okay. here. I also learned this is just a side note that me and my bar manager realized that you cannot demonstrate your shake without your tins in your hand. It's very awkward. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's real awkward. It's really, but I keep mine really close and my, and my, like my shoulders in and my elbows in because when I started bartending at a young age, this was a different time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't the 1950s, but it wasn't 2022. No. And, and people and honestly, make the grossest comments about uh, you. I hate it. Especially, I mean, as a woman and a big boobied woman as well. Mm-hmm. They say gross stuff. And so I learned to keep it tight. And, and now, cover. Yeah. And now... People are like, oh, he's a great bartender. And I'm like, he's never had to worry about anybody telling him to shake his tits yeah. in his life. So yeah. <laughs> he's not better than me. He just shakes different than me. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not ever going to be this bartender. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. That's just a side note. A lot of, I don't know. Gosh. I it's was... the little microaggressions that you can't even calculate. And sometimes they're macro too. Sometimes yeah. they're big aggressions, but you have an accumulation of them 
And you do things to protect yourself, just like the fight or flight response yeah. of like feeling like you can't, you've got to freeze. Mm-hmm. All of these are just things where your brain is like, uh, we know what's happened to you in the past when something was, and you didn't feel good about that. You didn't feel safe. So we're going to go ahead and give you, uh, this other alternative that will allow you to feel safer. Right. And it's just a natural human response to what's happening. So the shake that you develop, the, yeah. the desire to sit still, the desire to freeze, the desire to hide, all of those things, uh, are, they are accumulative. They're, right. We build them up and then we own them eventually. Right. And if you can own it and be like, oh, I just need, my body just did need to sit still for a moment. Right. Let 100%. me take ownership of that and not yeah. punish myself. Yeah. Like I did need to just shake close to the chest and not change how I shake, you know? Yeah. That was just me protecting myself and there's nothing wrong with it. Just like anywhere near my ears. Mm-hmm. I know that that's what, like, that's my compromise is to go like a little bit near my face yeah. so that I can hear the ice breaking. But yeah, <laughs> those are the challenges that we deal with that a lot of people just have no clue. Yeah. That is going on. I'm interested to hear all of your other ASMR. Sorry, you got like I really so animated many. when you were talking about it. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, I need to hear all of the other I sounds. I have so many different things that I like. Like the stirring of the glasses, of course. I was dying to hear that specifically because really? like, there's not a lot of sound. Yeah. It, I mean, Preston's the one who made me learn how to do it with my pinky out because he's very classy. Yes. Pinky's out always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I like, so my, I can stir with both hands and I can actually stir up to four at once. However, you're going to teach me that someday. I totally will. Totally. Thank you. But it's not practical. Four at once is not practical because my left hand isn't super efficient, but I can do three at once practically. So like in a shift, I will consistently have like three stirred if I need it. Um, oh, oh man, I'm dying, you know. Oh my god. I got god. you, love. I got you. <laughs> we'll do another like someday we'll talk about this on another episode so like people at home can learn to. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it with a video, of course, like a video demonstration. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like my left hand, there's a little bit of an ASMR going because um you I can't quite get my left hand to do the motion like I do with my right. So with my right hand, I can um the goal when you're stirring for everybody listening um, is to keep it as smooth as possible. You're, um, the difference between shaken and stirred is when you're shaking, you're, when you're shaking a drink, you're pumping air bubbles into it. Mm-hmm. When you're stirring a drink, you're keeping it nice and smooth so the drink will stay velvety and silky. And so you don't want it to be loud and ruckus because that means that you're probably creating an air bubble. Right. And you don't want any air bubbles. So the quieter is the better. But there is a slight swirl of the metal against the glass. Mm -hmm. So you can hear that. And just a little bit of the ice going around. And then my left hand, um, I have to... Like in my right hand, I can get both hands, uh, like all my fingers to kind of like swirl perfectly. In my left hand, I kind of click it back and forth Um, because you're starting. This is a lot to kind of explain over. (laughs) Without a visual, this is challenging. But um, how's this this sound to everybody? Everybody understanding what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you try to hold the spoon center to the stirring glass. The back of the spoon stays along the outside of the glass every time you're stirring. So the spoon stays upright and kind of in the center Mm -hmm. so it's almost angled out like a creating a cone shape around the glass while the spoon is still center in the middle of the glass and so that's how you create the most smooth stir um and when you're doing that the spoon will just ride the outside of the glass in and pressed between the ice and the glass itself yeah and so it's very smooth um in japanese uh cocktail stirring technique you keep your fingers straight 
Um, and really, if you get a good motion going, you're really using very little wrist action and mostly just your forearm itself. So you will be keeping yourself from getting any carpet tunnel. I don't understand. Okay. I know. <laughs> the whole fingers being bent is like very popular in uh, American mixology. It's always like that, right? Yeah. Like there, it's like, oh, they keep it very rigid and very like yes. uniform. And we're yes. just like, oh, we're just going to fuck around. I can here. stir it. So we're working <laughs> yeah, it. It's like, doing yeah, it. It's completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Honestly, like the innovation, if, you've, if you're if you a bartender, so you're getting the job done. Right. At the end of the day, if you're making money, slinging drinks, you're a good bartender. Period. Period. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. On God. Yeah. But if there's other techniques and cool things you learn and pick up along the way, cool. Those yeah. are just like tools in your pocket to help you do the job better. So you don't have like, to do the job. I can crack an egg with one hand. Yes. That's my favorite like thing that will blow everybody's mind. I was like, oh shit, look at her go. Oh my God, did you see her? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's, it's, like I'm good at like this, what you see me do right here. Exactly. Everything else is a tiny bit of a struggle. And they don't need to see it. They don't need to see it. Yeah. You choose when and where. You do, it's like, like literally watch me break an egg with like one hand and then watch me just destroy some sort of communication that should have been really easy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Watch me do this and then look away. <laughs> immediately, immediately look away. Um, but yeah, so I, I love like those little moments are things where you're like, I'm, I'm seeing that I'm getting this down and you do get joy from it. Like there's so much joy in bartending. It really is. It's so beautiful. But like learning how to take care of yourself in the middle of valuing what you do is it's so hard. It's hard because you're, you're like, I love this thing, but if I do too much of this thing, I'm, I'm tired and broken. Yeah. And also I've also noticed that like, if I say take like two or three days off in a row, I come back and I'm just a little bit rusty and mm -hmm. that feels like some sort of, um, you know, see, yeah, <laughs> you know? see, you can't, the idea that, um, when you said that you got into bartending and kind of like having something to prove, mm -hmm. that was very true for me too. Okay. Very, very true for my personal story is that like I had people who, um, when I first started, even before I got into craft bartending, I was serving and they were like, well, she's not going to make a good bartender. That, that was me as well. Yeah. I was very much like um, Andy Sachs in <laughs> The Devil Wears Prada. I'm just like, well, I'm going to take a chance on you, you know, because you seem really earnest. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, now's my time. Like, Got to do it. It, yeah. do it. I um I think because I was someone who I'm I'm ADHD, I'm I'm neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. There's things that I struggle with and there's things that I do really well. I think that people make um expectations and assumptions. Um I was also a young woman. I'm mm -hmm. I'm a young woman and and um, oh, if she's a young woman, she must be flighty. Oh, because she's showing, showing that she's silly, that must mean that she can't get the job done and be serious. Or if you're showing that you have emotions sometimes. Yeah, that means that you're not capable of doing oh the job. God, I don't know what to do. Like, do you, do you ever get those like, burning pricks on the back of your eyes like I'm going to cry mm -hmm. and you're just like what? the hot feeling in your in your throat yes. and like the like you can feel it welling up and you're like nope I can't cry not here that's weakness yeah oh 100% ice cold water or putting it on your wrists yeah it immediately stops it from happening yeah but still that's not weakness it's human it's not weakness not only is it not weakness and I mean this with all sincerity. I hope that you guys are taking me seriously if you're listening to this, male or female, mm. any person out here. If you are crying because you are understanding that there's something going on that makes you uncomfortable right. or hurts you, then you are aware of something that other people aren't seeing. And if it makes you cry and if it brings tears to your eyes, it's because you have an intelligence 
that not everybody is experiencing oh or gosh. showing. I love that. That just blew my mind. It's an insight. Yeah. It is absolutely a strength. Yeah. The struggle for me is how do I, in a world where people see crying or, um, you know, they see this as a weakness, how do I, in this world demonstrate strength through the weakness, right. strength through what they see and perceive as a weakness. Yeah. And so a lot of times it means saving up your tears. And then like having a good car cry. Yeah. Those oh, are a actually good car the best. Yeah. A good car cry. <laughs> yeah. It's so powerful. It really is. And you're like. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> or watching a sad movie that allows you to cry. Yeah. Um, I, I love, um, I had a counselor who was so awesome. She was the first time I went to a counseling. Uh, she gave me this kind of piece of, of help and advice. I was in a session with her where, um, she was doing, uh, we were doing EMDR, which y'all, this is too in depth for this moment in time, I but it's I love a really cool thing. Yeah. It's very cool. It's super, super cool. And it's just a thing that basically allows your brain to, um, kind of engage both your left and your right hemisphere while remembering something hard. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that that was too deep at all. I think okay, that good. you pretty much nailed it. Good. <laughs> like a very short, a very simple thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I was doing this EMDR session and we were reprocessing a trauma from when I was a kid and it was mm-hmm. really crappy, was not easy. And then I was going to have to work my shift later. Yeah. And so we're kind of like coming to the finish of the session and literally my face is going numb. Like my lips starting to tighten, like it's seizing. And I'm like letting her know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, my lip is a little bit numb. <laughs> like, just like not know, like, like I, nobody she's like, how are you feeling? But... Yeah. Um, and so she was like, okay, let's take a second longer. Like, um, how about you just feel out a little bit of like a little bit longer into like creating your safe place, remembering that you're safe, all that kind of stuff. Right. And um, she, because she knew I had to work that day, she held out her hands and she said, I want you to feel where you're feeling this in your body. This is something you guys can try at home that you can try if you want, Jen. But like, I, where was I feeling? I was feeling my face. I felt it in my shoulders and I felt it across my chest. So she was like, gather it up. And this sounds so cheesy, you guys, but I'm telling you, it's so helpful. Yeah. It's a, it's not like this, um, new agey kind of thing. It's just literally like, where are you feeling this tension? And it, oh, well, I'm, my face is numbing up, so I'm feeling in my face. Right. So you kind of like gather up where you think you're feeling it. And she held out her hands and she said, I've got a box. She did not have a box. It was invisible. <laughs> she For the was, listeners at home, there was no box. There was no box. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, you can set it in here. So I set it in the box. She closed it. She took it to her cabinet, put it in the cabinet. And she said, you're not, not going to deal with this, but... You can choose when you deal with it. Yeah. And right now you don't feel safe and you've got to work. Yeah. So you can choose. Right now is not the time to have to do this heavy processing. You can come back to it when you choose, when you feel safe. Right. It was I had, super empowering. Yeah, no, that's really, it almost might be too highbrow for me. I've, I've never been able to do the like real visual, like the visualizing stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I did have a, a therapist once um, encourage me to collect small tokens that made me feel it's pandas. Okay. Just for I the record, it. it's always pandas. Oh. Anytime I say anything that makes me feel good. I mean, second oh, I to my dogs, it. it's always pandas. And so 
anything that has a panda on it. Like, even if it's like the thing that I keep my bar tools in or mm-hmm. like a pen or, you know, something like that. I just put it in my apron. And if I'm starting to feel weird, like I'll just yes. kind of grab it. And like, it's my thing. Like it's, it's nobody else's. Yeah. It's just a grounding exactly. technique. Because yeah. like once you remember that, the, that you are not defined by a moment in time. Yeah. And the moment that you're feeling, it's highlighting every moment that you've kind of felt something similar to that. Yeah. So it builds up in that moment. Like, let's say, um, if you ever, uh, had, were in a car accident, something like that. And in that car accident, you were feeling the fear of like being yelled at and the guy came and yelled at you and you felt blamed. And all of a sudden you had this guilt and all this kind of stuff. Oh my God, that was bad. Be my worst nightmare. <laughs> the car so accident bad. and then somebody yells at and me. And somebody yells at you. Oh my God. And so then you and take then that. you have to perform a speech. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to, and you, and all of a sudden you realize you have no clothes on. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Right. And then there's a play that you don't know the lines for. <laughs> um, and so let's say, uh, a year later, you're talking to a guest and they use a word or phrase that sounds just like that guy that yelled at you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're in this moment where you don't know why, but you're like, I fully feel like I'm, I either need to run away or I need to fight this person. Yeah. And I don't know what I need to do. And you don't really make the connection yet, but you are feeling like the same feeling you were feeling that you were in that day. Right. So every time someone says a word or something that triggers you, it pulls up and triggers not a dirty word. It's not. It's not some millennial word. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. It's just a word. Yeah. No, I was really impressed you used it because I've been afraid to use the word trigger. I use it because I'm like, it's the word. That's what it is. No, you're right. The same as like when people are like, I don't want to say sensitive because that, no, sensitive is not an insult. Trigger is not an insult. Yeah. Um, trigger means like you pushed a button and something happened, right? There's a consequence. Literally exactly like a trigger. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, if you feel triggered, it's cause it's lighting up a field of every time you felt that way. And that's, that's why it kind of like, will be bigger than it is. That was another reason why I was having a hard time working at that time in my Mm. life was because, and this is so weird to say after I just went on that whole like speech about how, you know, bartending is joy and I I feel great there. But what was happening was, and I think that you can agree with me that like the last three years, people have been just a little bit more tense and a little bit more angry and guests have just been a little bit more intense. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was getting yelled at, I was getting sworn at, I was, I was having like this pure, like purely visual sometimes, um, guests where I was like, this guy's going to be a problem, you know, shows up in like the, I don't know, like a camo Trump hat or something. Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> here we go. Here. This mean, is the start of it. Yeah. Like, I had a guest fully cough at me. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I, I had guests doing that last night and I kept being like, Ugh. stop coughing. Like turn your head or at least cover your, what are you doing? Yeah. But like, please use your in- intellect to, but no, this guest actually angrily coughed at me, intentionally coughed at me because, um, this was like really in the height of things and, yeah. um, yeah, it was just uh, it, they were just angry. They were just very angry. And I'm super impressed by the bar, like Broadway bartenders who don't right. who do not put up with bullshit like that. But unfortunately, I don't work in an establishment where I can be like, get the fuck out of you know. I can't yeah. do that. And I don't really want to live in that way. Like that's not a way that I want to be. Yeah. I wish that there was mutual respect. But what we have been talking about throughout this series is how do we create space, um, and how does the industry create space for us? Um, so how do we as individuals create space for others in our sphere of influence? Right. And then how does the industry create space and empowerment and respect for us? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and that's actually got to be something that I'm working on now because Mm -hmm. like at the time I was really struggling with how often I was being triggered at work Mm. to the point where I got, I would fill with dread when I had to go Mm. do a shift. And now the thing that I'm working on, um, is trying, well, this sounds so absurd. And I'm sure that people say this about like, you know, people of different races and stuff like that, but trying to, even though I know on site who everyone is, just trying to have a human conversation and connection with them. Because like, I mean, at the end of it, like we all bleed red, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, you have to try that or you're not, you just keep getting triggered. Well, and I I have talked about this a little bit, um, but I do believe that I only have one moment in time with this other person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those moments are calling them out and saying like, you can't talk to my teammate this way right? or you can't treat my other guest this way. You're making my guest uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes it's a moment like that. Sometimes it's also just like I, I was, um, uh, I had an older guest at the bar, um, that was talking about how his daughter and son had been making fun of him and kind of cutting him out of their life. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and it was hurt. He was hurt by it. And then he explained a little bit more and it was like over some very, um, sexist and kind of evil thoughts that he was sharing with them. And so he was hurt. And so there was a moment where it was like, well, how, how do you want to, are you interested in like, and this is him opening this conversation up. Yeah. And I was like, are you interested in getting them back in your life? Is this something that you're looking for? And, um, he was like, yeah, I, I, I miss them terribly. And I was like, do you, why are they so angry? And he was like able to kind of talk out some of his stuff. And he was like, I was like, well, maybe it's worth it to like, and I, it's not like this was a counseling session. Right. I was just like, maybe it's worth it to, to find out what, what's making them so angry. Why are they, why does it upset them so much? Cause he didn't understand. He was like, I don't understand why I'm upsetting them so much. And oh. I don't really know the context of what he said or what he did, but he was just kind of like, making it pretty clear that it was sexist. It's kind of wild that he was able to like verbalize what he was doing, but yeah. like also didn't know why how, it would upset yeah, them. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, uh, you know, that's just a moment in time and he's got, uh, you know, a lot of people say no religion, no politics at the bar. I don't believe it happens a hundred percent of the time. You like, can't. Yeah. Because, uh, not only is the bar one of the best spaces because you've got the social lubricant yeah. of a little drink. Um, but you've also got an opportunity for people of many different backgrounds to actually openly share. Um, it's not always safe. It doesn't always turn out so good. Right. Um, but I do think it's a better opportunity for us to actually interchange with others. And cause we, otherwise we're just in an echo chamber. Well, I mean, I agree. Um, when I'm talking about community, like just having a connection with somebody on a human level, I'm talking about like making conversations outside of those things exactly. that I know that we differ on because, yeah. I know that I I do not feel safe enough to engage with certain people yeah. when it comes to religion and politics mm-hmm. because it's become a very personal thing. Yeah. Um it's not it's not, you know, 92 when, you know, it was like yeah. you know who ran I don't even remember who ran <laughs> against the Clintons, but um like now it's like it's you it's like identity politics like who you are is like what this is or what this is it's so binary it reached such a state of like a binary world that i don't think it's right i don't think it makes sense um but this binary that we've put ourselves into is like if you forget that this other person um also drinks water to live also has to sleep 
yeah. and take naps. We you only know? see them as this one yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And like, just as I want them to see me as a human being, I want to be able to see them as a yeah. human being, not just this terrifying, like could possibly do something mean yeah. thing. <laughs> and I, I get, I get tired of like, I, I appreciate that you shared too, that like, so, um, because this is, um, uh, auditory and you guys aren't seeing Jen, but she is a wonderful person of color, a wonderful black woman. And I speak like a Caucasian. It's really okay if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten me a lot of places. In life. <laughs> There's no such thing. There's no such thing. You speak just like you. There's no such thing as speaking Caucasian. I know exactly what that I is. Know and that I know that you know what I mean. I totally know what you're talking about. When I'm like, go to a job interview and I'll be like, I'll be like, I'm Jennifer. And they'll be like, you're Jennifer. <laughs> oh, cool. 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 <laughs> Yeah, like we talked about on Preston's episode, the code switching and the kind of world that we live in. Um, Preston and I had that. Like that's like the connection that I had to him was that he and I were the only people in the front of the house that were black. Yeah. And like, I mean, not to continue to, you know, he's a bar celebrity, so I feel like a lot of people talk about him. Yeah. But like we called each other black person. That Mm. was what we would call each other. (laughs) That's so, that's actually so endearing. Yeah. Because you're like, I see you. Like, hey, black person. And then we would do this like dance from the 90s. I love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys are too adorable. I love him so much. Yeah. I think that, like, the reality is, is that um, when we go into our daily life, there are certain challenges that some people have and certain challenges that you don't have. Right. It doesn't mean you don't have other challenges, but it does mean that you aren't ever going, I'm never going to experience as a white woman what you've experienced as a black woman right. going into the bar world. It doesn't mean it hasn't been hard for me, right. but it does mean that I'm, I'm never going to um, have this insight and the frustration and the pain that you've dealt with. I really appreciate how delicately you just explained privilege. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that word. Yeah. See, <laughs> that's what I that said means. it, but you By know. definition, that is privilege. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, sorry. I thought said leaving checklist. Okay. Sorry. I thought, <laughs> I thought it like, for some reason, I'm so sorry that I got super distracted there, but I was like, am I not allowed to take photos? Cause I took like four. You can take all the pictures. <laughs> that is a checklist that says, and so if you guys come on to the show, you need to take pictures. You need to sign the door. And we also, um, he has to take home his schedule, but we don't have to do that. That's for him. Schedule. <laughs> so, or does that say swag? Oh, it does say swag. Sw- swag. <laughs> I, I read schedule. I'm, I've never been more excited. I, I think this is the closest I'm going to be to Hillary Duff. This is there's swag. You got to take it. You got to get swaggy. Um, Beyonce said in her new album that we need to get swaggy. So I'm absolutely living up to that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, I, I want to, we can kind of like get to a little bit of a closing part. Sure. Um, I have so loved talking to you. I could talk to you all day. Um, this has been so much fun. And we only got into like some of the fun stuff. Yeah. I, I just want to keep. It's fun that like the, the fun stuff for us was just sort of like the kind of drudgy, like, like bees. hard stuff. <laughs> well, bees is always the fun conversation. I love talking about me. my internal fears. <laughs> wait so much fun I have a fear that nothing is real have you ever seen like a movie or a tv show where like somebody will show up to their home and there's a different person there yeah and then they have to like figure out who they are what is actually happening I've started to like shake just considering what would it would be like if that that's my 
that's my worst fear. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be insane. But I also, I also understand it. Like there are times, this is so silly. Like being a quirky, silly, wonderful person yeah. is something that like people will again, see kind of like as a weakness if they want to. Yeah. And so like, I've got so many quirks. Like I am disgusted by slugs. I don't like things coming out of things. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't like things coming out of things. Wait, can I just really quickly, your entire job <laughs> is about things coming out of things. No, it's different. It's Wait. different. <laughs> it's um it's specifically holes. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. But that's it's called uh what is it called? Job. I always forget what it's called. Is it the trictophobia? Yes. Okay, so like you don't like a lotus pod. I don't like that. No. Nope. Yeah. No, thank you. I, there was a whole period of time where there were there were people sharing pictures of like a lotus pod inside Open a hand. It. Yeah, oh uh, no. I don't like it. Yeah, no, those are gross. I don't want it. I, I like I don't have um I know some people who have it were uh, like bad enough that uh, Michael B. Jordan on um, Black Panther, mm-hmm. he had um, those uh, like scars that he did himself for every person he had killed. Yeah, that's what. Mm. And for some people that really, that that doesn't get me. That's not, I don't like holes with things coming out of holes. So, so like what, for example? I really hate talking about it. Okay. okay. So um, this is how, I have a hard time even saying it without getting disgusted. Like it, this, this is this bad for me. I'm sorry that it's making me laugh. It is funny. I recognize the humor of it. That's the thing is like the same with like, like loving work and, and hating work and dealing with addiction and not dealing with addiction and dealing with all these things. I can laugh at every bit of this. Life is silly and funny. Wait, I need to know. Okay. So, um, just, I don't like, um, there's a frog that has, um, (laughs) it has, um, it has babies. Ugh. It, it has the babies and the babies come out of its back. And it's so awful. <sighs> that is a completely normal thing no, to be it's disgusted not. Oh, by. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Stop. It's, uh, there's like that it's spider. Awful. One time I was at a baseball <sighs> game and my brother like stepped on a spider and babies came off of it and they were small. They were so small it looked like hair. Ugh. That's awful. See, but it's, it's the holes part that I, I, like, I just can't. I get really upset. Like, I feel angry right now. I feel really <laughs> badly for, like, bringing this onto no, you. No, don't, don't feel bad because I think, But now again, I need to know about the frog. Like, You go look at it. I, I will. I won't pull it up. I will not do that. It's I will not awful. make you put that into your it's search so history. It's so awful. But, yeah, that's, um, that the thing is, is that the more, like, you are just a human being and just silly and just yourself, and I'm, I... I'm the beverage director at my company. Like that's my job and it's cool. It's awesome. I love it. And I'm grateful and I worked hard and, um, there's ups and downs to it for sure. Um, but I'm also just a silly, goofy person that loves others and loves people as hard as I can. You're also a Nashville bar liberty. I, you don't understand that this is something like a Bravo liberty that is another one of my life goals. I want to be a Nashville bar liberty. Uh-huh. We're like, hey, you know Jen Jackson. Oh, yeah, I've, I've never worked it, but I know who she is. Like, uh-huh. I've, I would love that. Oh, it's not Jen Jackson anymore. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jen Arnold. Yeah. Anyway. That's- do you like a, you can do a theme song with Hey Arnold. I don't even, I think I'm too old for no, that. No, no, you're not. You're. You're like me. <laughs> I, I'm hey, 10 years older than you. Okay. Yeah. It was a cartoon in like the 90s. Yeah. Was like, hey, Arnold. And he had a football shape head. Yeah. I, I've seen the guy. I just okay, never watched okay. the show. As long as you know of it. I don't know anything. Maybe um, maybe we'll ask John and if, if it's something. John is her husband's name. Yeah. And so maybe we can get him into it. When you said the thing about stirred cocktails being mm-hmm. silky, I realized where he'd gotten that phrase from. He does adopt oh. a lot of your language. 
That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he so John actually works with me too. Yeah. Um that's amazing. Yeah. That's sweet. And he really likes you. Oh, I try. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do uh I've been working everywhere else lately, so I've been kind of bouncing around. So I haven't been at Okinoku as often here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um so if you've come to one of our bars looking for me, I'm sorry if you didn't find me. Um but yeah, I uh I wanna hear from you mm-hmm. as we wrap up. I've got two questions for you that I've asked everybody so far. This is exciting. Okay. So one thing I want to know from you is what are what is one thing that bartenders can do better? Oop. And then what is one thing that the industry can do better to you? Okay. So something that bartenders can do better is ask for help. And mm. it could be like the big broad like we've been talking about. But also I think that all bartenders tend to get blinders on, especially when they're working, especially when they're busy. Nobody wants to ask for help. Yeah. It takes such courage to be like, can you come grab some of these tickets, please? But, um, we all have to find that courage because we'll all be better bartenders if we can just ask for help or it's a skill set or like a guest will ask a question and then being like, actually, I don't know anything about that kind of cocktail. Let me see. Do you find out for you? I've always wanted to do this. I've always heard this on podcasts. Like, Hey, do you know what? Yeah. I need a, I need a a fact checker. (laughs) Yeah. They'll just like in podcasts, they just have a fact checker nearby. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I need a fact checker in my life. Just be like, Hey, I mean, Google's decent, but it's not fast enough. It's not good. And it looks like you're texting somebody. Exactly. Somebody's like, how do you make a Sazerac? And you're like, hang on, let me text my mom. Let (laughs) me. (laughs) <laughs> I promise I'm not looking up the recipe. Right. I'm just I'm just texting someone for something really important right now. Yeah. So that's and we all do that, by mm-hmm. the way. Google cocktails. Anybody who's wondering, there's no way any of us could know every cocktail. No. Especially the classics, even though a lot of people purport to, they don't. You get as close as you can and then yeah. and then you keep researching. Mm-hmm. But I try to bring my bar Bible with me, which is just like my own moleskin journal. It's small. Mm-hmm. And it can fit in like an apron. Yeah. I'm trying to get myself to do that. Get it, girl. I have one. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, not only the memory of, like, the muscle memory of, like, having written it down, seeing it in writing, looking it up yourself, right. and then the crinkled pages oh, from yeah. your bitters. It yeah. just feels so nice. It's like, it's old-timey. It feels like they probably yeah. did it in the 1800s. They did. Absolutely, they yeah. did. See? And you pull it out, and then they the guest is looking, and is like, oh, is that your bar Bible? There's something so magical about mm-hmm. that and mysterious. It's Ooh, like, yeah. This notebook, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I think that all you. bartenders could do. Good for you. And then what can the industry do for us? Wolf. And I actually mean... You, me, per- me, like you as an Make individual, me a Nashville and who bar you are. liberty. <laughs> Girl, you are. No, I'm not. I don't. You said I. I think I think you are. I I have loved working with you in different like. I, I feel like it's. I've never gotten to work side by side yeah. with you. I've been as much as I like pushed for that. Like, I feel like I was aggressively trying to make that relationship happen for quite some it's, time. It is a relationship, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> like whether or not we're in the same bar, this relationship is happening. Oh, this is real. <laughs> this is very real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are going to learn how to do a uh, stir four at a time. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. No, I don't have anything. I don't know. What can the industry do for Jen? Yeah. <sighs> I mean... I don't know. I th- see. This is all the the thing is that everything is just internal and it's all me. I would be like, just accept me and love me, but that's just me. Hey, that is it. You think accept so? you and love you? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing that the industry could do really be- a lot better. Me personally, both you personally, and what that means. Yeah. So, like, what what do we learn when an industry needs to improve for one person? We learn something every time because mm-hmm. your struggles and what you're going through. 
and the things that you've experienced are not singular. You're not a singularity. Right. Your experiences are something that are human and that a lot of people go through. And it may look different for each person. But I think what we learn from when the industry changes and does something better for one individual, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you just touched uh, 80,000 people and not didn't even know it. I feel like, I mean, again, this is me. Mm -hmm. This isn't how I think it, this isn't how I think everybody feels, but I feel like I was, Oh God, this is a disgusting thing to say. I was uniquely sort of, um, I profited from the, from the pandemic. Yeah. I think that a lot of people left positions that they were never going to leave. Yeah. And that gave me the opportunity to take those positions yeah. and learning and things that I never would have learned if that hadn't happened. And yeah. it makes me feel gross, but it also makes me feel like, oh, well, if the pandemic hadn't happened, like, where would I even be right now? Yeah. That's why I'm like, that's why I always still feel like I'm proving myself. Mm. And so that's why I'm like, just love me. Like, what's that Grey's Anatomy? Love me. Yeah. Choose me. Choose me. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that um we we got to we got to do better. Mm -hmm. Our industry has to do better recognizing where people are at when we come to meet them. Yeah. If you hire someone, you hired that whole person. Right. You yeah. hired that whole person. It is now on me as a trainer, as a someone who as someone who does hirings and firings, it is on me. It is my responsibility to make sure I see who you are, give you the best tools I can. And then if I realize that my tools for you aren't what you need with no harm, no foul, say, I got to try to help you get to another spot because this might not be it. Yeah. And if I can, and if I meet someone where they're at, I've met a lot of people with addiction issues. I've met a lot of people that are trying to up their game, but then maybe just aren't cut out for bartending. Bartending is not what, is, what was meant for them. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. At the, if the, if bartending is not for you, that's not an insult. Bartending is not for everybody. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're less than. So that's so true. As often as possible, we I've have to got stop to looking people. at like taking people out of the bar as a demotion. Mm -hmm. People will straight up say, "Oh, they demoted that person to server." And it's like, no, bro. Like servers work really hard. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's still working. <laughs> it's still yeah. I mean, like you're still there's still a challenge to that job. Right. Um. And I think with, and, and even if it's not in the restaurant industry, right. when you start to realize that like when people fail at bartending, they're so despondent because a lot of times bartending wasn't their first pick. Mm. We've talked about that in every episode so far. Yeah, it was mine. That's amazing. Well, no, I mean, I wanted to be an actor, but I more. When you grow up thinking what you want to be when you grow up, you were thinking. Actor, bartender, bartending. same level. Yeah. Yeah. And. When you don't see the other thing happen, sometimes people are like, well, I failed. And so then every time someone criticizes you, it's not a criticism of like to help you improve. It's a criticism on your worth because you already failed in the first thing. So yeah. now you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing this the way I want to. So uh, we had one of the best compliments I've ever heard about one of our bars is at Oak Steakhouse. Mm -hmm. We had a, a bartender um, Victoria, she just started, she's pretty new with us. Mm -hmm. She said to our head bartender there that, um, she felt safe to make mistakes. And that was just the huge, the best compliment I've ever heard I've about any never bar. I've felt safe making a mistake. Right. But if somebody's watching. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to need to dump this out and try again. Sorry. And that's, it's, <laughs> I want everybody to feel safe. Cause if you don't feel safe to make mistakes, you won't come to me when you do make another mistake and I can't help you get further. Right. And so if we can create safety, then people aren't defensive. Mm -hmm. If it's, if you're safe to get called out and you know that it's okay, 
then I can call you out and you're not going to feel beat up. You're just going to be like, okay, I can up my game. I can keep going. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Making, making your staff feel safe is so important. Maybe that too. Yeah. As far as, so choose me, love me, love you, make me feel safe, make you feel safe. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be beautiful. Yeah. If our industry could do that, I'd be so happy. I someday, hopefully we've seen so many industries change in the last couple of years. So I don't see why not. Even our industry right now is in the middle of a, a large change. We I see what's so. happening. I hope so. And it's not for the worse. I know a lot of uh, corporations and businesses are scared by these changes. Boomers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're scared because you see these changes happening and it's new and it's different and you don't know how to operate differently. I promise. I promise to everyone who is a capitalist, you will make more money if your people are happy. If your staff is happy. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I say that all the time. It's all the same. You need to keep people safe physically. And yeah. me- well, mental health is physical health. It is. So. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you can make people feel safe, then you will see the money come in and they will do better at their job. They will love their job. They'll be excited to come in. 10,000%. Rather than being afraid. Mm-hmm. Well, I just cannot get over how great this has been. Thank you for sharing time with me. Thank you for inviting me. This you're is so, so much precious. fun. Thank you. Uh, your story is so valuable. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm Keep die. doing what you're doing, Mama. You're killing it. Thank you. I'm I'm really proud of you. I can't wait to come see you. Will you tell everybody your bar one more time? Yeah, it's Drewsy and Dar. It's um in the former Oak Bar in the Hermitage Hotel. It's in the basement. I love that. Yeah. I cannot wait to come sit with you and get oh, a drink fun. with you. It's yeah. It's, well, don't do it now. Actually, okay. There's so many people <laughs> coming from Hamilton that it's just <laughs> waves, waves and waves of people. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I love that every bartender calls like these human waves. We all refer to them as <laughs> yeah. waves. I've never seen anything like it. It's just waves of people. Yeah. He's like, you see it, and you're like, how am I gonna do this? <laughs> but you keep pushing. You yeah. keep pushing. That yeah. it's so cool because at the end of a shift, you're like, like in it, you're like. Oh my gosh, how is this happening? How do I do what do I do? At the end of it, you're like, I did that. I yeah. did it. Everybody left happy. I took care of people. I've been trying to mantra, like, because I say I can't, we can't do this in my head so often. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to switch that to being like, yes, you can. You can. Yeah. We can do this. Just remember all the times you've done it before. Well, you have to. Other like what happens if you stop? You can't. You can't. This is the reality. Don't be scared. If you're bartending and you're and it's stressful and they're like getting waves of people coming at you, take care of the person in front of you. Take care of the first three tickets in front of you and keep pushing. There will be a time when it goes. I always say it's going to be 30 crappy minutes. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. You're crappy. Well, you said I was allowed to You swear. are allowed. It's just that I am still raised in a way that like swearing does still make me feel uncomfortable when you're I do it. You're a little it. red. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I do swear and I, I support it. I had a whole conversation with my mom about it because she's going to listen to this. And I was like, I love you. I don't believe swearing is a sin. <laughs> like I just, I don't. And I, I respect you though. And so I want to be careful. Yeah. I do think it can be bad to like swear in front of people that it's harmful too. So I'm going to choose my words. Yeah. But anyway, sense. anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I really, want you everyone to listen and know that as a bartender just it's going to be 30 minutes that are bad and you keep pushing go to the next thing it at the end of it you're gonna be like I did that yeah we did that you guys it's just you just make another drink and then you make the next drink and then you keep going so sometimes you make like six at the same time yeah while talking to someone about the weather and, or, and their child. Now, what are you making right now? What's yeah. that? That looks good. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm making five cocktails right now. Can I not? Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> I do love it, though, because like when I'm when I'm like telling them like they're thinking I'm going to 
when they ask, what are you making? They think I'm about to say like one cocktail and I'll have three tens lined up, uh, two drinks in each and then another. And then and like, like your fours. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, here. I'm actually making four cocktails right now. And, yeah. uh, one of them is on the menu and three of them I'm just making up for this in- individual. Oh my gosh. I don't know that I would have the brain capacity for that at this moment, but it's fun. It's yeah. fun. And I yeah. don't always have the brain capacity, but somehow it happens. I just wow people with, um, old, very old recipes and just be like, Oh, that's what you gotta you do. You like whiskey. You like whiskey. Well, I've created this vucare. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard? of a vucare <laughs> do you know what a i do love that because we got to bring back the classics so yeah. i'm glad you're doing that yeah i am yeah okay well i love you so much let's clean glasses again cheers my Thank friend you. Oh. cheers to you cheers to everybody listening cheers. i hope you had a good time and uh go make that money if you're working tonight cheers